Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. Dude, man, what up? Knock, knock. Who's there? Interrupting cow. Interrupting cow. Oh, <laughs> oh man. You know, it's kind of like that scene in uh, one of your favorite films, Top Gun, which we've been going back to where the other yes. pilots the other pilots crack a joke and the goose... I am dangerous. The goose just goes... Ah! <laughs> You're so funny. You know, he kind of like exaggerates it. The film that That's reminds right. us... The film that reminds us that Anthony had Edwards once had hair. That's right. And Meg Ryan once... Well, she always cries in films. Yeah, she does. That's her thing. Well, she's good at it. One of the great films of the 80s. They did like all military week on American Movie Classics a couple of weeks ago. They did The Hunt for Red October, followed, which I love that film, actually, followed by uh, Top Gun, which not so much. <laughs> not so much. That's all I've got to say about that film. Yeah, not so much. It's, it's the first of the Tom Cruise formula films where there was Tom Cruise, who was good at Something like flying a plane, playing pool, there was being a, a bartender. There was a uh, an instrument to, yeah, to there his was skill. An, an, an instrument that he had to manipulate. There was the the older male mentor and also the older attractive woman. Right? And then there was the best friend that gets killed yes, or hurt yeah, yeah, badly. Exactly. And those were kind of the formulas in like three or four films in a row. Well, you know. Explosions at some point, uh, I think, too. Hollywood at its best, right? Were there any explosions in Color of Money? Um, I, I think Grady Matthews' head exploded right after he delivered the line, bartender, can I have a drambouille and a potato salad? <laughs> well, there's always drambouille and potato salad in all those formula films. That's right. Even though they might not be spoken parts, they're, they're somewhere in the shot. It, it, you know, we might as well explain about Grady Matthews. Grady Matthews is one of the uh, one of the pool pros, one of the greats of all time, really. He's kind of old now, but John and I met him. He came and did uh, a little show. He was just traveling through town, and he stopped at Hippos, our local pool hall. <laughs> Hustling through town. Yeah, and we hung out with Grady Matthews, one of the great pool players of the world. He was the first guy to ever do a 100-ball run in, in Hippos. Hippos was still pretty new at the time. Right. Grady's came in and played some straight pool and ran 100 balls, and everybody was just dumb. You know, I mean, that's not a record or anything. I mean, there are pros who've run 500 balls in straight pool, but still, you know, an impressive thing. And uh, next thing you know, he's popping up in the color of money, uh, you know, as yep. a side guy, and he's standing there with his cue, getting his ass kicked by Tom Cruise, and he, he turns, he's, they're in like a, a pool hall slash restaurant or something, and he's like, yeah, can I get a drambouille and a potato salad? <laughs> he's the kind of guy who you'd expect to see in a rocking chair with a coonhound next to him. <laughs> exactly, sitting on a front porch. Really a great guy, though. I talked to him after he, uh, Hippos, when he hung out, after he was done playing, I talked to him for a long time, and he's a really cool guy, and he's a hell of a player. Do you remember the, the player who was hustling him? Do you know who played him? Well, wasn't Tom Cruise playing him? Tom Cruise was, but someone else was in that same pool hall, I'm pretty sure. Young actor, not really well known yet. Well, I remember, uh, you mean the guy who played the last King of Scotland there? Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker hustled Paul Newman. 
But I think that he was in the same pool hall. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Maybe my memory's faulty. The, the there, scene but. I remember is Paul Newman, the elderly Newman, went into a pool hall to play some pool, and and uh, he got hustled by what's his name? Yeah, and he didn't see it coming. He got totally hustled. And then and then uh, Forrest Whitaker told Paul Newman that he's he can't have his money back because he did not persuade him. You did not persuade me. No, actually, he was going to give him his money back right. in the film. He felt bad for him, but then Paul Newman went, no, you know, I got hustled. And Paul Newman's character had a lot of money anyway, so. Yep. Hey, guess what? I don't know what. I think we should kick into some tunes really early you here. You want to kick into tunes really early? Yes. I just wanted to say one thing. Um, say you know how much thing. it cost me to get my taxes done? You said this a already. A couple weeks ago? It, nothing. Nothing. I know. I may have to buy a flat screen TV with my, with my uh, refund. You may already have one by now. I don't know. I may have been married, too, but that didn't happen. We can't predict these things because they always go hopelessly you know awry. What? You may actually be dead. <laughs> this is a show from and you beyond know what? the grave. You may have actually already won a million dollars. So there you go. I have. Publishers, sweepstakes, clearinghouse. you got to be in it to win They it, give though. away a lot of money. And you know what? All it needs is a dollar and a dream, baby. Anyway, let's let's play a tune. Let's check it out. I've been working longer Who's watching money streaming out? Trusting crooks and liars like I don't have any friends I've been finding myself praying when I'm deepest in the set I've been reinventing happiness again It's been painful revolution, set the tube a little far It's been soaring eyes and crushing holes and grinding in the jar It's been begging for forgiveness, I'm lying down the road It's been like surgery to get through all the flaws Will this There's just something I like about punk rock. It's really basic, simple rock and roll, a lot of energy. It's just kind of cool, you know? The short songs. Helps clear the, the sludge out. Every yeah, once in a while. It's, it's like when my, when I was a kid and my dad used to like open up the car on the highway and bring it up to 70 and gun it and then back it down and go, you know, I had to blow the carbon out of the, out of the exactly uh, carburetor. Yeah. Yep. You know, punk rock is sort of like blowing the carbon out of the carbur- radiator, rather, or out of the carburetor. The, the carbonator. The car- radi-carbonationator. <laughs> and I don't know if any of that was true. I do remember 
that um, I was listening. It, none to, of it's true. I was listening to the car guys click and clack once, and somebody asked them if that was true. If you know, when my dad gunned it to blow the carbon out of the carburetor, they said, "Nah, it's not really true, but it feels really good." I think that was pretty much their answer. Actually, your dad farted, and he, that's why he wanted to roll the windows. Down. <laughs> right, you know, that's the the, the two fifty five air conditioning that's system, true. two windows, fifty five miles an hour. Oh, we had two eighty. <laughs> oh well, there you go. <laughs> That was the Loved Ones with a pretty good year, and and they've got like a I don't know five or six more tracks that are, are just as strong. The drummer on that on that that track, he wasn't really getting out there, but I've heard a couple of other tracks, and he's got some chops. Yeah, and it's well recorded stuff, and uh, we've played some punk rock before. You know, we you know what we're gonna have to try to find, and I'm gonna email them to uh, see if they'll let us play it. But there's a, a punk rock band that has a bit of a Star Trek bent to their theme called Warp Eleven or something oh, like that. I remember that. you show me them. Yeah, I'm gonna see if they'll let us play some of their stuff because it's just kind of silly and it's a little geeky it's 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 right up our alley you said up your or alley up your alley anyway <laughs> up your alley with a rubber hose hey wait a minute aren't you going to tell him i'm a borg now I, i've spent nothing but years like making fun of you for being a a uh, early adopter cutting edge technologist i see because because that's how i roll because you know you make fun of people when when you feel insecure and, i'm a hater and and i just i i feel fine no matter what people do i think you know live and let live but if you insist uh rich is wearing one of those gay little ear pieces in his ear <laughs> i'm now, a borg he's a borg i drove up to the house and john kept calling me a borg <laughs> well i gotta tell you here's the story really quickly you know i was i was thinking about getting one because they just seemed like they would be convenient right the little uh bluetooth earpiece that connects with the cell phone by convenient you mean pretentious <laughs> no just convenient and I went to pay my bill. I didn't get my Verizon bill in the mail. So I went to the – there's a new store about a mile from my house. And I went there to see like when my bill was due and they said like yesterday. And I said, well, thank you for sending me the bill in the mail. So whatever. The mailman stole it, used it as toilet paper. I don't know. But I didn't get it. So they have these little kiosks in the Verizon store. It's like an ATM just to pay your bill. Very handy, very convenient. And while I was Very there, 20th century. Yeah, while I was there, I said, "What about one of those Bluetooth earpieces?" And they said, "Oh yeah, we got this on sale. It's uh, forty nine, regular fifty nine on sale for forty nine. It comes with the the uh, AC adapter for the wall for the earpiece. It comes with the car adapter for your phone, and it comes with a Y cable that you you could hook up to either adapter and charge both devices at the same time. And it's forty nine ninety nine. I said, "All right, that's a good price. It's got a lot of stuff. Let me get that." So the rectal inserts extra. <laughs> yes, yes, and it, uh, it only comes with aliens that are gray with very large eyes and teardrop-shaped heads. The grays. <clears throat> yes, and there was a UFO sighting over Texas like two weeks, three weeks ago. How interesting is that? They're back. Well, and you like know, 47 people corroborated this. I think it was a weather balloon with uh, swamp <laughs> gas mixed in. <laughs> yeah, it was. So anyway, he rang up the, the Bluetooth earpiece, and it came out to 39 so it was even 10 bucks cheaper than he said, so I got a ripping deal. And I got to tell you, being in the car and being able to push the button twice and say, call John Mobile, and it just does it, it's kind of cool, you know, because it, it's just safer. You so know? your phone is uh, voice activated? My vo- phone, and it's the cheapest Samsung one you can get, and it can do uh, voice activation. And it's pretty amazing because I remember being in high school back in the 80s, and Bell Labs brought this voice synthesis computer around to do a show for us, and we were blown away, right? This computer, and, it, and he, he had a little clever, the human had a clever little conversation, a little joke, a little comedy routine that they'd worked out, you know? Knock-knock joke? Yeah, that kind of thing. So it was great fun seeing this Bell Labs, cutting edge voice synthesis technology. And now not only do I voice synthesis technology in something like the size of a, you know, you know, a cigarette pack or smaller than a cigarette pack. It, it, I wouldn't it, know. It has voice recognition. You're a former smoker, so shut up. 
<laughs> I don't know. This sounds like a one big, long, long-winded um, excuse. <laughs> to what? No, no. I'm justifying buying the flat screen TV. It's an excuse. It's justification for no, buying it. Now, I, like I've said before, if if that thing is, is cool for you, I'm not going to make fun of you for it. For me, I have a problem with it because my phone already has uh, uh, one of those headsets. It's got like a set of headphones because you're listening to it like an iPod, and it's got the built-in microphone right on it. So to go to the Bluetooth thing, which I tried out, someone let me try it out for a while, I'd have to actually switch back and forth between yeah. modes, and it was kind of more of a hassle. Yeah, another area where the iPod is nothing that it's, uh, <laughs> you know, I can't even send John uh, text messages with images because apparently there's some issue. You know, the no, iPhone. That which, is the iPhone, one thing. I, got, I have to agree with you. That is one thing that irks the crap out of me. Every other, every other cell phone in the market does MMS, which is the multimedia messaging services. You know, if anyone has a cell phone today, they know they can do the text messages, which is SMS. I think it's simple message service or something like that. But MMS is the ability to attach a photo or a, right. an audio clip or a, even a little movie clip, you know, because a lot of these phones have cameras that can do video. And you say, oh, send this to, to what's his name and, and let him laugh at you, you know, showing a picture of your weenus. So anyways, <laughs> I'm kind of ticked off because... The iPhone doesn't support MMS, which is kind of ridiculous. I never yeah, even it's thought just, it's just it's it, it can show like HD movies. Seriously, that it can. John pirates routinely, routinely, and uh, it can't. You know, I I was at a concert a few weeks ago uh, called the Hot Club of San Francisco, which is this uh, band that plays in the style of um, uh, Django Reinhardt and Stefan Grappelli, this amazing sort of swing gypsy swing jazz stuff from the 30s and 40s. And I sent him a picture of the band playing, and I. I captioned it these guys can play and i don't even know if he ever saw it because the iphone apparently no, can't I, handle video i did see it because the way that the whole thing works is you get an, a text message that says there's a message waiting for you and then you have to go to a website and log in with this temporary password which by the way they don't even provide a link to you have to actually type the whole damn thing in yeah well it's yeah just, it's a major inconvenience you know, yeah it's true and, and you know this is basically one of those problems that i'm complaining about it's a it's a high class problem <laughs> and i'm not going to complain anymore that's right so you've been watching TV lately? You've been watching like the the whole, I don't know, political process? We've got this I, new president coming on its way? I haven't, actually. I, I try to avoid it because it just frustrates me. And John emails me quite a bit about this. You know, have you seen this? Have you seen that? And I can't watch it because I just want to kill everyone on screen, you know? I mean, they're not dealing with the issues. It's classic politics. And politics as usual, you know, it's painful for me because these guys are, you know, just pro-corporate shills. And, you know, except for um, the guy who just dropped out. Which guy? Uh, he dropped out like yesterday. I, I don't know who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I can't think oh, of Oh, Dennis Kucinich? Kucinich dropped oh. out. He wasn't a pro-corporate shill. And to he's some also degree, a dwarf with weird ears. He, yeah, he, he's Ross, like Ross Perot. And, you know, Edwards is actually, I would probably want Edwards over uh, Obama and Clinton. But, you know, he's um, he's got he's less a, of a pro-corporate He's kind of like a message. smarmy, slimy kind of. No, I don't see that at all. No, I, I see Clinton as smarmy and slimy. Oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I sent her a box of cigars, but she, she didn't appreciate the gift. She smoked them up. <laughs> she mixed them with. I don't uh, want to know. Weed. She made herself a little blunt. Her sandwich. and Adam. Her and Adam smoked a blunt and did some scotch and went on a, a speed run on a, a GP9 diesel locomotive. Uh, well, the, the thing is, for me, I'm maybe I'm just this closet optimist that I. <laughs> That's not what you're a closet. Anything. You're a I'm completely a, different closet. I'm a thing. closet optimist because I agree with you that the whole political process is screwed and every single one of these politicians it's screwed is, and is skewed self, they're self self-serving no good no good mix and and i'm really upset about the whole process but i keep getting drawn back in because i'm hoping to see something come on refreshing. quote a line here quote a line i'm here. not gonna do it 
do it. Come I'm on. Do it. Come on. I'm not going to do it. Do it. I'm, I refuse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm you keep gonna, pulling me back in. I'm not going to do it. Anyways, <laughs> the thing is, I've been, you at least got to tell them the movie it's from so they know what you're talking about here. I refuse. Oh, it's boy. an awful movie. You know, I was at work the other day. You were not. You and skipped. I No, I was there, and somebody kept putting pressure on somebody to answer a question, and finally I said, you goddamn right I did! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You get it? You get it? A little Nicholson line there? <laughs> did you order the code red? Mr. Nicholson is, is famous for being Mr. Nicholson, Over Mr. Nicholson in film. and well, yeah. except, except some, like about Schmidt, where he was brilliant. That's true. He, he transcended the Nicholsonian. The Nicholsonian persona. Right. So back to the, you know, the important things like the future of the country and the leader <laughs> and all that stuff, leader of the free world. Well, so, that's, that's debatable. I, I, speaking of debates, I, I watch some of these debates hoping to hear something that I agree with. And... And, you know, some of the things – I just want to, you know, give my thoughts on some of this stuff. And and I saw the last Democratic – couple of Democratic Democratic debates. And in this last one, you had Hillary and Obama and Edwards because everyone else pretty much dropped out. Right. Hillary, Obama, and Edwards. And the whole thing – and everyone – That I, could by be this, a law firm. It probably will be. they're in all about lawyers, I'm years, sure. It probably will be. And, and – um, Everyone, I'm sure, has heard about this whole thing, and if they not, they've seen probably 15 or 20 clips of this, is Obama and Hillary going at each other with these little digs. And the thing is, every time I see these debates, you know what? I have to admit that I think that the most presidential person up there and the person I believe the most is Obama. I, I'm crazy to say this, aren't I? Well, I choose Edwards over Obama or Clinton, but over if you if you narrow it to two, Obama and Clinton, I choose Obama. Yeah, and and I'm I'm looking at this whole thing, and and there are some things which I fundamentally disagree with him about, but on the whole, I think civil that, rights issues like black people right. not having to have well, a separate lunch you know, counter. I, I you disagree to, with that one, don't I you? I wanted to mention this. The, the, the thing that is very striking about his candidacy is that when you're watching him debate. He's not the black candidate. And everyone keeps trying to bring He's this very up. very fair, actually. It's, and it's color. not even about the skin color. It's, it's, you hear him speak and you hear him talking about these issues and you can tell that he actually understands these issues and he's talking about them in terms of the entire country. He's not running as the black candidate. I mean, Jesse Jackson was, had his candidacies and you knew that he was running as I'm the guy who's going to be the black candidate. He was always bringing up black issues, racial issues, whereas Obama's talking Is about there the country. Is such a thing? There are such things. We're all human beings. It doesn't well, matter about I, And that's what color. I agree about. Is it, there is there a black issue? I mean, other than sickle cell anemia, is there a black issue? Well, I think that that's the problem. People like Jesse Jackson were trying to always make things black issues. They're always trying to make things as, well, you know, someone someone was slighted in such and such a way, someone was poor, and then it becomes a racial issue, not about a class issue, which I think it really is. And and I think yeah, that, that's true. And and I, I actually want to uh, amplify that a little bit. And Well, I do think there are racial issues. I think class issues are are you know uh, maybe even a little bit more important because there are plenty of b- poor Hispanics, there are plenty of poor whatever, there are plenty of poor blacks. It's about income level. It's not about race. Right. You know what I mean? We need to get to a place where um, you know people uh, aren't living in poverty. I mean, I, I could go on and on, but I, I just wanted to amplify John's idea that it's not necessarily about race, but it's perhaps about class instead or, or income level. Right. So I guess I'm looking at these, 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 all these candidates, even on the Republican side. And on the Republican side, you've got okay. 
we're going into Florida as as we're recording this. We've got McCain, Giuliani, Fred Thompson dropped out, and he wasn't really a candidate to begin with. Who else is on the Republican side? Do you remember any of uh, George Bush? No. Uh, Pat Buchanan? No, Mitt Romney. Mitt, the robot Romney. <laughs> and... And all of these, all of these candidates, they're continuing the same exact rhetoric. I mean, to some bent here and there is, is different, but same exact rhetoric that we've got today in the, in the current administration. Well, and the, the rhetoric is stay the course, keep the war going. Right. The economy's doing just fine. You know. Yeah, sure it is. Don't look behind the curtain. We're we're doing yeah. just fine. We're, Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah, and we're going to hunt down those terrorists. You know, to the ends of hell. And to me, none of that's working. Okay, and. I generally consider myself a uh, sort of an economic conservative and a, and a social liberal. So I just kind of fall in that weird split brain kind of thing. You, you don't. And someday I want to talk about the new political scale I came up with 10 years ago. <laughs> it's, no, I'm not even joking. Your scale is invalid. <laughs> I reject your reality and substitute my own. That's correct. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the Republicans as completely non-viable they, you know, as a president. You know what they are? They're obsolete. They're obsolete. They're obsolete men. Yeah. And, and you I, are obsolete. I see absolutely nothing happening on the Republican side. And What I, was that game show that had the really uh, sort Running of- Running Man? <laughs> no. What was the game show? It was actually on TV and it had the red-haired woman. And when you were like kicked off, she would say, you are done. You're... The weakest link. Yeah. You are the weakest link. Right. So again, I'm dismissing the Republicans. And then this in, very, in this very guttural, unearthly voice would say, get out. No, that's just inside your head. <laughs> that's true. And uh, and on the Democrat side, I, again, I fundamentally disagree with some of the, the well, one of the planks of the, the Democrat platform, the abortion issue. And I've talked about this before. Yeah, whatever. So I'm having a hard time voting for any, you, any you of them. You are irrelevant. <laughs> but if, if it really came down, seriously, if it really came down to Obama versus McCain, I'm I, I'm having a hard time saying that I wouldn't vote for Obama because I cannot see, I cannot see that uh, McCain is going to do anything but cause more. Well, death McCain in the is a McCain is a classic Cold Warrior. I mean, he's a pilot yeah. from the Vietnam era, and there are moments and there are things about which I respect John McCain. You know, he was shot down. He went through the whole prison camp. Oh, thing. you, you got to respect his history. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can't really criticize his his motives or or his 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 beliefs. I mean, he he probably believes he's doing the right thing. I mean, he's been there. He's right. done that. You know, I mean, he was tortured in a Vietnamese prison camp. You know, right. Several so, years too. It wasn't yeah, like he stayed overnight. You can't really, you know, question his his motives or his reasons for doing it. I mean, you can question his beliefs, you know, in the abstract, and I do. But I mean, I do have a, a small amount of respect for the guy because he's been there, you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's he has some um, some life experience, if you will. You yeah, know? and I think that if if any of the the candidates on the Republican side were going to continue the war, I think that he'd at least be able to place himself in the position of the soldiers and what they're going through, and and, yeah, and empathize, you know. But Years I think ago, that he would still continue this ridiculous war. Yeah, I, I think he would too. You know, I, I saw something really, and this is completely, uh, you know, uh, a, a bit of a tangent. It's tangential, but I as uh, tangents usually are. Yes, they are. <laughs> I remember seeing on the Jay Leno show about ten or twelve years ago. Uh, McCain was one of the guests. John and, McCain. Yeah, and David Crosby was one of the guests. Right, Crosby stills in Nash. And these are guys who are are diametrically opposed, or at least would have been 40 years ago. And I saw something that just shocked me, right? John McCain is sitting next to David Crosby, you know, huge war protester, wrote some of the great 
protest songs of all time as as Bob Dylan songs were for do finger pointing songs, you know, right. protest songs. And um, John McCain, the fighter pilot in, you know, the butt of those finger pointing songs. Yeah. And, and, and Crosby is sitting on the couch next to McCain and they're getting along fine. And then Crosby, this was like this profound moment. I was like blown away. I was like really emotional. Crosby turned to McCain and said, you know something? I just want you to know that we were working as hard to get you out of that Vietnam prison camp as your government was. And and there was like this bizarre healing moment like between these two diametrically opposed factions of the of the Vietnam era like mm-hmm. hugging, you know. It was very strange. It actually was kind of emotional for the the merest of moments. Yeah, so to me I'm just looking at and, these and then he went and donated sperm from Melissa Etheridge, so go Which, figure. And we're not talking about McCain. It, well, we don't know. It confounds me. <laughs> That's true. So I'm just, I'm just trying to break down these candidates. And so on the Republican side, the only break guy, it down, dude, the dude, only dude, guy dude. that I could you know trust the words coming out of his mouth, whether I agree with him or not, is is McCain. But I think he's going to cause a lot more death. I think, Why? <laughs> I because that. because like you said, you think that he believes what he's saying. He he seems like a decent guy, but his his policies are are questionable. And and that's what I'm I'm getting at. And I'm looking at who's going to cause more death or who's going to who's going to be doing the least harm, so to speak. Yeah, I I just can't bring myself to vote for fascists. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm a registered green, by the way. So and so and then on the Democrat, which side, is the anti-fascist party, as far as I know, the Democrat side. You, you mentioned uh, John Edwards saying that that you know you've got some affinity towards him. He would be my guy. But you know, every time I see him in a debate, and I've only seen him in debates. It, I can't believe what no. he's saying either. He seems to be one of those guys who's just saying the things that he wants to say to get to make those See, points. I don't get that vibe at all. To me, he's real. I don't know. You know, he I keeps I, it real. He's I, down with the homies. Hillary does not keep it real. At oh, all. absolutely not. She's you know, and and I still contend, and these aren't my own personal views. And I've been saying this for a year and a half, ever since we had Leo Lincourt from. Uh, uh, the neural gourmet on a year and a half ago. You don't I don't think Hillary or Obama are electable. I don't think the Democrats want to win this one, but you know, whatever. I absolutely think that if if it's McCain versus either Hillary or Obama, I think a Democrat's going to win. Well, we'll see. We could put a, a C note on that. And, if you and want. I, I, I want to put a C note on that. I'm not going to put a C note on anything other than <laughs> my my wallet. Well, I, you put a C note on that crack dealer the other day. <laughs> right. but you know what? Shh. So we're. I just got shushed. <laughs> what are you, like the an crack... 80-year-old nanny and no, I'm no. 10? You're talking about the crack dealer. Oh, I'm sorry. I was sorry, shushing sorry. the crack deal. All right. Ixnay on the Eck deal, Cray. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I'm just talking. To... <laughs> yeah. Did you just say Ixnay on the Eck deal, Cray? <laughs> it's, it's Pig Latin. That, that, that's not even Pig Latin. That's Pig Pig Latin. <laughs> of course it is. That's convoluted. What could be more convoluted than Pig Latin? And John just broke the rule. It's swine Latin. He broke the Pig Latin rule. Ix ne ani Oh, my God. This is the best laugh we've ever had on the history of the show. Hopefully you're laughing, too. So what was I talking about? Anyways, I, I absolutely think... You were think, talking about believability. I think maybe... I would say 90, 90% sure that we're going to have either the first black president or the first woman president. And, and I think that would be great, certainly from a historical perspective. You know, England's already had a woman prime minister. You know, Texas has had a female governor. I think it's cool. George Bush is a female? Uh, no, I, I forgot. you're talking about. Ann Richards. Ann Richards, yeah, thank you. You know what? I, I want to interject something, and it's it's not on the the same... Uh, uh, Planet? It is on the same planet, but it's it's Ixnay on the Act Deal Cray. 
All right. Here's what I've been hearing a lot of pundits and, and people in general say about the Clinton campaign. They're not sure if they want to vote for Hillary because they think Bill would be running it from behind closed doors. And as I recall, when Clinton, Bill Clinton was our president, they were saying they don't trust him because they think Hillary's running it behind closed doors. So I'm hearing this There's amazing a, a nugget thing. of truth on both sides, I think. But apparently nobody trusts either of them. But I mean, it, I thought Clinton had a pretty decent presidency, you know, other than lobbing missiles and killing innocent people, you know, during the whole uh, Lewinsky, the in the thing. <laughs> during the, the blowjob era. I did not have sex with that woman. And... Um, Seriously. So, I mean, you know, if you trusted Bill Clinton to be president then and Hillary Clinton is president now, why wouldn't you, you know, trust the combination to be your, you know, your presidential leaders again duo. or something the like dynamic that? Duo. The dynamic duo. The dynamic duo of, of uh, governing, I don't know, tr- governance. I don't, I don't trust either of them. I can't throw either. I mean, even though Bill lost quite a bit of weight after he, you know, gave up his cheeseburger uh, Krispy Kreme diet, I, I, <laughs> I swear I... <laughs> I, I couldn't throw them, so I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. I, I don't trust either of them because what comes out of their mouth is very self-serving. It's it's all about, you know, what can they do for themselves, not what can they do for the country. You know, that, that Kennedy line, trust not – wait, that was the wrong line. The Kennedy line about, uh, you know <laughs> – Wait, about ask, going to the moon before the decade is out? Is that deca- the one you Decade. Mean? No, ask not what you can do for your country and ask what your country can, you know, no, give you in tax returns. No, ask not what you can do for your country. Ask – yeah, whatever. We know that – We're know out the of quote. wine? We got a little spare there. I don't, I don't know. That's empty too. Everything is empty. So I honestly think that that I'm going to have to vote on on what these people are saying and how how I can actually trust what's coming out of their mouths. And for the most part, a couple of the, the the candidates, I can tell that they really believe what they're saying. The Clintons, on the other hand, do not believe a damn thing that they're saying at all. Everything that they say is about getting themselves in that that White House and getting themselves that job. It's not about helping the country. Well, you know, I mean, that's just classic politicizing, or what's the word I want? Politicalization. Political orationator. Classical politician orationatificationer. I don't know. I'm just whatever. But I mean, and it's. I think it's even worse than that. I think. I mean, classical politics today is is corporate interests. You know, uh, donating legal bribes to campaigns and getting their way. You know, and, and, and that's one area where I think Edwards is a little different than the rest of them and Kucinich for that matter. You know, you know, these guys weren't touting party line, which of course means they aren't going to get elected because the corporate media, which is owned by big corporations, by the way, which benefits from these, these minions of theirs, mm-hmm. you know, doing their bidding like Clinton, you know, guys like Kucinich and, uh, and Edwards aren't going to get elected. Well, in, in the thing that you mentioned about touting party line, I actually find it ironic if you know a little bit about the, the Democratic Party's process for getting the nomination. Do you know about the delegates and superdelegates and all that? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the, the delegates, I mean, for people who don't know, the delegates are essentially people who, who take the, the popular vote and then they, after the popular vote is done, they pledge their support for one or other candidate. But then again, there are these superdelegates where there's like seven or 800 of them and they essentially are just lobbied by the candidate themselves and they get they get the support. So if you look at the, the delegate count right now based on the basic elections, like so people go to the polls, they vote for one candidate or the other. And Obama is actually leading Hillary Clinton by about two delegate votes right now because of the, the popular election. But if you look at the total delegate count, these super delegates, it's 
the uh, Hillary Clinton's got quite a huge lead over Obama because the superdelegates are the people that, that she can go behind the closed doors and say, well, behind the curtain, behind the curtain, say, hey, you know, you really want to vote for me because, you know, <laughs> if not, we're going to show these photographs. <laughs> <laughs> she could, you know, be, the curtain is very private in sexual favors, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not going to bring uh, gender or race into the, the, the discussion here. But we could bring racing into it, though, and talk about Formula One. But I I just find it very ironic that the Democratic Party is not very democratic in choosing its candidate because the people who really choose its candidate are the the people behind the curtains. It's not the public. Our system is not democratic. No, but I mean, for all what you have to say about the Republican Party, all of the delegates are chosen at the ballot. They're not chosen behind closed doors. And this happened back, I think, in the 70s when they, they reformed the, the delegate system in the Democratic Party so that they didn't have these weird candidates like Jimmy Carter because they don't want some runaway candidate who doesn't necessarily agree with the rest of the party getting the popular vote because, you know, some weird thing like personality, you know, wins over the public. What they did is they said, let's let's make it so that the, the party has more control over who gets the, the nomination versus the public, which I think is just – it's very, very odd and, and un-American. Un-American. I, I kind of like the parliamentary system. You know, as I was walking down the aisles in the grocery store today, you know, something occurred to me. Ask me what occurred to you, Rich. What occurred to you, Rich? That napkin – the plural for napkin should be napkin. What the frig are you talking about? It just occurred to me as I was walking down the aisle. You know, I bought 500 napkin today. It just sounds more elegant, don't you think? I think napkai <laughs> is better. <laughs> Napcom. Yeah, let's let's go there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think at the end of the day, we need to wait for Super Tuesday, which of course is when New York's primary is, and you know, nothing is decided yet. I mean, it's probably going to be Hillary, but we'll see. You know, maybe it's. 65 Hillary, 35 Obama right now. Well, and like zero Edwards. <laughs> I'm trying to look on the bright side of everything. If, if Hillary Clinton becomes a president, what's going to really happen is Senator uh, from New York is replaced and we get a new one and maybe that person will be better for New York. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But then again, we get Hillary as president and she's just a corporate sellout. So who knows? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. Let's wait for Super Tuesday and see what happens. We'll keep you posted. Keep, <laughs> keep, keep your scanners peeled. That's it. right. And never put your recorder on pause. Ever. Ever. Keep recording. <laughs> oh. Anyway, you want to play a tune? Yes. Let's check it out. Late 30, you head to work, get your coffee and your paper and pretend it's worth it. Shake down when Friday comes, try to turn your paycheck into more than surviving. But you know that there's something more than this. Check the music as it hits.
That was Jaya the Cat. Yeah. Thank you, Ray. We played them before. They've made their return. That's sort of uh, two of mine and John's guilty little pleasures, punk rock and reggae. Mm-hmm. Well, reggae mixed with hard rock. There you go. Preggae. Pre- I don't know Pre-gay? what that means. I don't know. What that you know, it, you know something Isn't that a tomato sauce? You know, you were making fun. <laughs> it is. Wednesday. Uh, you were making fun of me for having the Bluetooth-enabled headset recently, and I walked. I was in uh, one of the famous video stores. Um, it kind of reminds Block Destroyer, something like that. You know, Cube Destroyer. I don't know what it was. And uh, I had my headset in my ear, and I was renting a video, and I put it on the counter. And the guy said, "Oh, cool, man! You're getting the Blu-ray." And I went, "That's a Blu-ray disc. I don't have a Blu-ray player. Wait, wait. Let me go get the regular disc." And he was talking about my Bluetooth headset. You know, he's Blu-ray, Bluetooth, same thing. Oh, same thing. Who Tooth, cares? Heads, rays, head ray. You got the head ray. Tooth I got set. the Bluetooth. Head, I don't know. Whatever. Go figure. Yeah. Hey, is that Bluetooth in your head? <laughs> is that a motor in your car? Or are you just happy to see me? Did I tell you about the Bluetooth uh, legs? What's what's up with the Bluetooth <laughs> the, legs? The Bluetooth prosthetics. Guy, uh, a guy from uh, Afghanistan, I was reading this in, I think it was CNN Technology, uh, a guy from Afghanistan or Iraq, uh, one of the soldiers got his legs blown off, obviously a bad thing. Yeah, yeah um, not but, good. But Bluetooth is being used in his prosthetics. And it's actually a cool thing because in most prosthetics, you know, the, the knee joint and the, the ankle it, joint. It's connected to the hip joint. Of course. Yeah. And uh, the knee joint and the, the ankle joint, they're sort of, uh, they have they have resistance in them to to simulate a, a foot and a leg. Well, what happens is when you're walking, the resistance changes because your muscles in your calf and everything obviously manipulate those to speed up and slow down. Well, what they've done is they've implanted, I think, chips in the guy's legs, which emit Bluetooth signals. So based on the, the muscles of his his thighs, which are still intact, they they emit the signals to determine how much resistance is going to go on in his knee and his ankle. And his legs behave more like natural legs because his muscles are controlling all the way down to the the ankle. So it's actually that's, a cool thing. That's cool stuff. Except like I don't know, his phone might ring and he might start sprinting or something. <laughs> or he runs in, runs in a room and everyone's phone starts ringing. That that could happen too. You know, they actually talk about like your you know psychological ops and warfare. They could get him back like in Iraq and he could just run a marathon and <laughs> all the Iraqi like you know wireless gear. Just now he's going to be like Rambo. They're going to drop him in Laos and he's going to run <laughs> through the jungle and all of the cell phones of the and enemies will ring and then they'll shoot him. And there's going to be an Asian woman that says Rambo go America. <laughs> 
I don't know. Whatever. I will break you. <laughs> no. Different movie entirely. Oh, man. Well, you know, the future certainly brings a lot of really cool stuff. You know, this Lasers. hybrid, this melting, melding, not melting. That would be steel. That would be Pittsburgh. Painful. That would be Dave Harry. You know, a melding, uh, a hybrid, you know, this sort of technology and biological uh, warfare. You know, um, you know, combinations are going to be, I don't even know what Locks. I'm trying to say, you know, but they're going to be able to like bring these technologies together, you know, biological technologies and electronic technologies and the next 20 years should be pretty exciting. To make better corn. <laughs> so we can run our cars on ethanol or something. I don't, I don't know. know. You know, I saw a really cool movie and this one you weren't familiar with, as I recall. Uh, you mentioned the name and I said, what you talking about, Willis? Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, it's the latest Sidney Lumet film. Or is it Lumet? I don't know. Lumet. I, I think it's Lumet. Yeah, exactly. And this film kind of had that sort of um, Pulp Fiction pacing. But after what, you know, having seen both of them, I want to say Tarantine who? <laughs> Serious? Yeah. This was definitely Sidney Lumet's masterpiece. And Sidney Lumet certainly made a lot of great films, although not so recently. But, you know, one of his uh, classic films made my top 20 list that we did in July, Dog Day Afternoon. Another one of his classics is Serpico, which was not on my list. But, uh, you know, great film, great performances anyway. And, you know, this film is just like riddled with with Academy Award winning actors, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Marissa Tomei. Those would be the Academy Award winning ones. There you go. But then you get the little rat faced guy, Ethan Hawke. <laughs> not so rat much a faced yeah, guy. Not, not so much a fan, but, you know, uh, he's I think he's talented. He's doing all right. But you know, another one of these guys who's very one dimensional, but I love his dimension, his one dimension. I love Albert Finney. <laughs> I like Albert Finney. I a love lot. Albert Finney, but he does the Albert Finney thing in every film. You know, the old curmudgeon. Yeah, yeah, he's the curmudgeonly old guy. He could have been in those films with uh, the guy who was the original Oscar Madison. You know, uh, Jack Lemmon oh. and uh, you know, um, filthy old bastards or whatever they were called, or you know, Walter Matthau. Yeah, Walter Matthau. He could have Albert Finney could have been in those films, but this was really strong, great storytelling, and had that sort of non-linear storytelling thing where they jump around, right? Um, you know, to different places in the timeline, and it, it makes for compelling storytelling. And it was kind of, it was about the story of these two brothers, and the brothers were, of course, uh, played by Philip Seymour Hoffman and Ethan Hawke, and they were both in money troubles. I wouldn't see those guys being brothers. No, they really don't look anything alike. So it was not necessarily great <laughs> casting from a, a biological it's like perspective. Barack Obama and John Edwards as brothers. Yeah, yeah, but you know they're very, you know, they're strong and they're they're great together in the film. Wait, I want to interject one thing here that I forgot to mention in the political thing yeah there was one thing that came up in in the uh the debate someone asked uh barack obama if you know what he thinks about bill clinton being called the first black president have you heard about this yeah and he said something like well i don't know i i, I gotta see whether he's uh you know i gotta see his, his dancing abilities before i can determine if he's a brother oh that's funny and i thought it was kind of funny but i'm thinking Man, if if they asked a white person that, they oh, would have been lambasted. But stop. But the funniest thing in the world. This is how the internet works. On in the article on CNN that mentioned that they had You're the watching CNN. They had the word brother obviously in that that paragraph right near that. Guess what the advertisement was? I jeez, I, I sure don't know. They threw a little little banner ad for brother printers oh there you go sorry so you got uh philip seymour hoffman and ethan hawk playing brothers and they're both having some money troubles you know uh, philip seymour hoffman has a bit of a heroin addiction and ethan hawk Tiny has a little bit of a heroin addiction. yeah and ethan hawk has ethan hawk has an ex-wife and a child so you know they all have their money troubles 
And they think that it would be a good idea to, to rob a jewelry store, like a, a mom and pop operation to, uh, you know, sell, fence the, the diamonds and, and uh, make Get more some heroin. Money. Except the fact that it was a mom and pop operation is very literal because it's their parents' jewelry <laughs> store, you know. And, of course, everything goes bad and hijinks, our favorite word. Hijinks, hijinks ensue. ensue. And, uh, you know, the film is kind of about the – I mean, it's a classic Greek family tragedy. I mean, this could have been written by Shakespeare except – He wasn't Greek. No, but what I'm saying is it's, he, he certainly wrote a lot of tragedy and uh, – He's you still know, not Greek. No, he's not. And he may have been. We don't know. <laughs> Let's be honest. All this know. stuff is Greek to me. That's right. And uh, the tension in the film is all about what happens after the robbery. You know, what happens, you know, and slowly, you know, the the authorities start figuring it out. Their parents start figuring it out. And uh, it's just... Philip Seymour Hoffman's wearing the jewelry around the house. They start figuring <laughs> that out. Yeah. No, he's not. He's not. But it's really interesting how the, the tale gets told. And, I mean, Hoffman is one of our greatest actors right now. The guy, he's one of my favorites. He's in his prime. And he's he's amazing. And this is just, you know, Sidney Lumet at his best. And, I mean, it does have that sort of Pulp Fiction feel, which Tarantino stole from Lumet with a time machine, <laughs> clearly, with a time machine. And you know what? I, I talked to three people after this film, and they each said this without having consulted each other in advance. They said that this is Lumet's masterpiece, and I, I think uh, I think I agree. Cool. And uh, this is definitely something that should be seen before the devil knows you're dead. It's a 2007 film, 117 minutes. So anyway, check it out. Hey, homework. What? Since I saw it, and you're going to see it. Yes, we're going to assign some homework for people to uh, to No Country along. for Old Men. No Country for Old Men. It's the Coen Brothers film. Yeah, I have some more homework, though, because we're going to talk about this in the future. Uh, closure. What is closure? What is closure for you? What does closure mean to you? John and I are both going to talk about it in the context of our lives because of, you know, stuff that's happened Personal to stuff. me. Stuff that's happened to me very recently and, you know, stuff that uh, John might want to talk about that's happened to him in a, a few years ago. And, um, you know, closure. What is it? What is it Yeah, mean? people talk about it a lot. You but know? does it exist? So right. we're going to kind of explore that. And Yeah, anyway, if, if you'd like, in fact, it would be really helpful for us. Put together maybe a sentence or two of what you think about closure. If, if you agree it. with it, do you think it even exists? Email it to us, feedback at bloodyveg.com, and, yeah, and we'll bring up your it. comments. Yeah, we'll talk about your comments as well as my comments and some comments of some professionals in the field of, yep. you know, uh, psychology and healing. Closerators. Closerificationists. That's right. <laughs> anyway, I think that's a show, man. Let's let's close it out. We're, we're like, we're long. like crazy long here, and, and I'm not talking about your penis. Again? <laughs> I've never talked about your penis, actually. But while we're here, let's talk about John's penis. No. <laughs> anyway. Topic over. You've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. This is Rich Wilgus. I'm John Tellerico still. That's right. Check us out on the web, www.bloodyveg.com. Check out the forum, bloodyveg.com slash forum. Leave us feedback with all your ideas about closure and Obama and, you know... I don't know, The Terminator. Feedback at bloodyvedge.com. And uh, keep listening, please. Yeah, keep listening. We're back. We're fashionably in. And remember, you've been listening to the VIB. Never hit pause. I'll try to remember that. <laughs>